A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, Jimmy. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Dubs, your one-stop destination for footy news and dubs. Yeah, that's Amy Walsh. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. He's not one to pussyfoot around, so to speak, Dubs. Well done, uh, John. Call I appreciate it. that. Yeah. That made it into the, well, the YouTube Sorry. show. Not, did it make it into the, the one yeah. sucker show? Oh, yeah. Oh, it did, yeah? Yeah. It so made it, it without being bleeped? Yes, you. What, pussyfoot? Yeah. Yeah. It made it. I think there was a double. I think it was Charms and Dubs both said it. Here we go. That's pussy's feet. So basically they put their, they they went online and looked at the dictionary and said, oh, it is a word. (laughs) (laughs) It's a trigger word. It is a trigger word. Is it a trigger word? No, it's not. It's not. Actually, former athletes on the panel, can I ask a, a, a genuine question here? After you work out, what is the window in which you should um, get your protein? Well, you should have a combination of carbs and protein for optimal absorption and replenishment of the glycogen. And it's usually like half an hour, hour. Within half an hour? I think an hour, you're probably okay. Okay. So like a protein shake with a banana thrown in there. That's good. Yep. But it should be carbs and protein yeah not just yeah, the banana would be the, yeah the banana would be the carbohydrate within the protein yeah. right? mm-hmm. the peel See. being the protein is it like a genuine difference like some fat fuck like me no <laughs> <laughs> you're wasting your time <laughs> it's too Thanks, late Jimmy. for you captain captain jimmy Motivating the troops. Need a lot of cardio, my friend. <laughs> I did a lot this morning. Yeah. Did you already I, go to the gym? I think it does, though. Hmm. 
Wow, good for I you. Go, I can't do I can't do afternoon or evening workouts. It's not happening. And you're doing. We talked about it. You're doing that orange therapy. Is that what it's called? It should be therapy. <laughs> orange <laughs> what? What is orange, orange theory? theory. Orange Theory, and it's and oh, you're enjoying orange it. Orange Therapy. As soon as you've done <laughs> yeah. your workout, you're on the wow. couch. Like that. It's great. Yeah. It's a really good one, actually. By the way, this is not a, this is not a, a sponsor. It's not a rubber job, Jimmy. No. Orange Therapy is citrus and heat lamps. <laughs> when I play rugby, my dad trained me. <laughs> I'm on the treadmill. And, and there's then, a big orange. And he said, hey, son, do you mind playing for them today? <laughs> There's a big orange and a wingback chair, leather wingback chair, listening to charms. <laughs> Exercise is therapy, people. Okay, yes, it's good it for is. the old mental health. Yeah. Hey, look. My so top, you guys. Oh, oh yeah. you wear the Puma top that you won. Nice, right? For yeah. finishing last. Hmm. Yeah, balances out my win from the week before. <laughs> How tired are you, Dubs? Oh. Thanks, Warner. No, just because you look really tired. You look super tired. I just, I'm, I'm worried about you. But you've been on the go all week. I think I know your schedule. You were on an airplane Monday morning at six in the morning, seven in the morning, basically at the airport. Yeah. Um. Then to one soccer with the footy prime crew then we it's had lunch scintillating podcast material it way. is it is my schedule okay it is it's actually people want to know your schedule but i think then this you is had... this is a good stalker material it is oh yeah <laughs> that's right it's say to lair creepy Walsh. people then... <laughs> you want me to give the address of the airbnb where i was staying or no, no. but then you went to a event where you were on a panel with mm-hmm. a Diane, God, yeah, you are looking tired. <laughs> and then the 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 match yeah. on Tuesday, flow flow. You, I think you had some other meetings all through the day, soccer related. But yeah. you've been going on the go. Then you had the broadcast on Wednesday night. Yep. And then, so you had a, one day off on Thursday, probably kid filled. Kid filled and other job filled. Yep. And so CF Montreal and stuff. Yeah. And now you're on at eight in the morning with the crew. Here we are. Good for you. Congratulations. Great Amy Walsh week. <laughs> Thank you. It was Dubs. a great week for you. Can I ask you a question, Dubs? Do you ever think that yeah. your, your hectic schedule and all these various jobs you have is yeah. taking away your ability to mother your children? <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny that you would say that because JP is calling or is the color guy for the Habs for TSN 690, where I do the CF Montreal games. And so he's been very busy this week because they've been Monday, Wednesday, and then tonight they're playing the Leafs, which we're going to, which is very exciting. Um, but so we've, we've needed help, right, from my sisters, from my mother-in-law and for, for the kids. And then one of the guys who works with JP called me an absentee mother. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? Like a guy would never be called that, right? No, of course not. That that's low. That's you know not why right. I mean because we're providers. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no mention of the fact that I worked very little when the kids were small, so I could be home, but no. I go around You're right, I go though. away I mean, for that... two days and my No God. one's ever called an absentee father, right? Unless they're actually off the scene entirely. It's very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm delinquent father maybe <laughs> i'm looking at you fellow podcasters no <laughs> so you're going to the leafs habs game tonight eh? Look at jimmy <laughs> yeah habs leafs should be good 
since um, so JP is going to be calling the game. So um, I'll be there with the three kids and half of us are Leaf fans and half of us are Habs fans. So how does it happen, by the way? Half, half Haven't I told family. this story? JP yeah, was born yeah, in Toronto. And so he was six when he came here, but his older brother is six years older. So at 12, you're, you're not changing. You're not switching allegiances, right? So Uncle Peach is um, a cancer, for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he poisoned Jack and Campbell. Wow. So Uncle yeah. Peach has more, more influence in your children than the, the parents' <laughs> children. Well, you know, listen, though, that's the power of, of young stars. I was going to say that's the power of absenteeism. There we go. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here constantly to be with you. It's your fault, your Amy. Go, Habs, go. Go, yeah. Habs, go. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, in, in the Brennan household, um, yeah. what, what football team do they all support? Football. I know it's Celtic, um, but like outside Celtic, I mean, out of your, is it one of your former teams that they've kind of clung onto? My mother, my mother likes Rangers. My father likes Celtic. My, uh, my brother Michael is a big Liverpool fan, and my brother Ryan's a big. I know Man I U. like Mikey. And my brother Ryan's a big Man U fan. Boo. So why are there no Nottingham Forest fans or Bristol City fans or Norwich fans or TFC fans there? How did that happen? Um, they don't does, that, care. does it affect you and your relationship with them? Not at all. No? It does not bother me one single bit. You should think, you should, I think you should explore that a little further. And maybe and it does what? deep down. Change your Well, listen, your, your brother, Jimmy, you know, son, um, went overseas at a young age to fly the Canadian flag, playing professional football, fly the Brennan flag, I'd, I'll add to it. And not one of your family have, have taken ownership of one of those teams that you played on that you bled for well funny enough they they do got a soft spot for all the teams that i played for my mother likes norwich and the reason being is because she thought it was a beautiful town so she so <laughs> not she supports, because her son played for them <laughs> but so she supports the club she's like oh it's such a lovely wee town i love norwich <laughs> that's my team i'm like all right you support them then okay. but my brothers do got a soft spot for uh for Nottingham Forest as well. Okay. Well, well, we'll give you that. But it was a little bit of a tragic story up until that point, wasn't it? Still, it Orange Therapy, Fridays. <laughs> I'll, meet you on, I'll see you on the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll see you on the couch, more like. <laughs> so, um, I haven't done much preparation for today's podcast. I can see uh, that. I, I threw you guys a bunch of notes yesterday. Um, Canada, Jamaica. Uh, oh yeah, this this. Uh, by the way, Dubs, great job on the um, broadcast yesterday. Thank if you. If you haven't heard it and you want full full conversation about Canada, Jamaica, and uh, the big picture, the small picture, please. Not only that, you, you get to hear Amy just eviscerate, take down Craig Forrest off the top of the mm-hmm. show, breaking his heart, terrible comments, and, and at the same time making Rianne Wilkinson an absolute legend of the game in this country just squirm. Who? Try and find any. Rian, Rian, Rian Wilkinson. Thank you, JC. JB Smooth. <laughs> He's um, so smooth. She, she, she wanted to leave the podcast at that point, I think, didn't she? Yes. And in real life, that's what she does. She, if I make her uncomfortable or say something inappropriate, she usually vanishes from the room. She's a skulker? Rian's a skulker? She skulks away? I I would say, yeah. 
Rian, if you're listening to this, Amy Walsh just called you a skulker. <laughs> did Rian did Rian skulk uh, in the playing days in in the room when say, say for example you and you know started dancing or something? Would she skulk yeah. away so she's not? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she would she would um, maybe not be vocal in her disapproval, but she would show it quite plainly in her facial expression <laughs> and then just exit unapologetically mm-hmm. and find something better to do. <laughs> As you do when you skulk, right. you skulk away to do something more interesting. I think, I guess, yeah. Um, anyway, the reason Craig isn't here today is because he was so offended by Dubbs' intro yesterday. If you haven't heard the intro, I won't give anything away because you need to listen to broadcast. It's called The Hook. They're going to watch and listen now, for sure. Did all that, 360. Um, you were but, but staying to the, this week. You were, not to give details away, right, but Project 8 had a lot of conversations this past week, right? Mm-hmm. Exciting times. I know you yeah. can't give it much away. Anyone involved can't. I get all that. Unless you want to, of course. No. Um, but are things moving forward? Are we, are we, should we be optimistic about this? I think that we should. And um, Wonger was talking about that panel. So all of the Voyagers, uh, Rob and Jamie and Kristen, and all those great people and all of the fans who showed up, um, one soccer who helped um, sort of organize the event, I think that's part of, you know, the, the connecting piece, like with, with the fans and, and building that relationship and meeting people. Like there was a lovely gentleman there who was, um, he's a member of the Forge supporters group. And he was asking how, you know, the efforts that he sort of continually does with the, with CPL and, and how that can transfer over and work that they can do in the community. But then, you know, you, you piggyback that on, you know, the game on Tuesday and a sold out BMO field. And how do we keep that momentum going? And we talked about it on the broadcast. We keep it going by investing in, in the women's game and investing in infrastructure in this country, which we've talked about on this pod and hopefully trying to pull some more investors out of the woodwork for, to grow the women's game. But again, we're talking about this. It's not being mutually exclusive. You know, if you're investing in a component or an aspect of the game, you're growing the game for, for Canada. You're growing that culture. You're, you're, you're furthering that landscape. So um, yeah, great conversations with those existing franchises. And, and hopefully there are more people who are, are willing to, to kind of put up the cash, but I mean, that's where the growth is. You know, there's an, there's a saturation with your, not only traditional media, which again, we've talked about, but with, with traditional sports or more mainstream sports. And if you want to see growth, it's in the women's game because it's really, um, you know, it's nascent, it's in, in its infancy. And so there's nothing that exists in Canada. So if you, if you want to see that growth and that's, that's where it is. So we need people to put their money where their mouth is and, and, and see this thing out. Cause all of a sudden, you know, 2025 isn't that far away. And, and you, you look at the depth to go back to the pitch in that Canadian team and brave changes that Bev made in terms of her 11, in terms of the tactical formation and she's able to do that in part because of the youth, you know, she, she put Sydney Collins in there. It was only her second and third caps in that left wing back position. You have Jade Rose that she's able to insert on the right-hand side of that back three, which releases Ashley Lawrence force. We're able to see Ashley Lawrence really contribute and be the catalyst to that attack. Um, and, and players coming back off that injury list, but you know, it's the youth that's sort of driving it. And Rian talked about this in the broadcast as well, that, 
men's side, but particularly on the women's side, because there's nowhere for them to play, they're in their NCA environments. And then if they're successful in the U-17 team or the U-20 team, they're quickly shepherded or sort of plucked out of that environment and put for better or for worse into the senior team. And there's no chance to really um, develop and grow and see that potential right out against players who are maybe of their own caliber where they can shine as like the best player. And sometimes there's a lot that that can lend to a player's development, like to be the best in your environment for a while. And unfortunately, they don't get that because they're immediately put in an environment where they have to catch up. So, you know, that's what Project 8 will give. You know, it'll see an expansion of the academies for women, which we don't really have in this country. It'll see an expansion of that player pool and the player depth. And I think almost immediately, it won't be a generation from now, but we'll be able to see how that translates onto the international stage in in, in terms of Canada and how Canada looks. Well, I mean, the men went through this as well, right? I mean, Jimmy's era, um, just pre-MLS, just about. Jimmy had to leave the country had to go overseas to, to follow because there was no pathway, really any legitimate pathway, right, Jimmy, in North America at that point. Now that changed the MLS and then hopefully within Canada, CPL as well. So it's, it's taken hell on now. It's been, what, 30 years, almost 30 years. And we're at a point now where there is a genuine pathway. So it, yeah. these things take time is my point, right? And, and MLS, MLS almost died in the, I think it was the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. It was yep. extremely close to being, being folded. Yeah, it takes a long, long time. You don't really see the results over overnight. You look at CPL five years in now, and you're still waiting to see that next player that's going to move on and get to that next level. But because when you start a league, you you take pretty much whatever's available, whatever players are available. You're not going to get all the players that you want to come back from Europe because they're already over there establishing themselves. And you've got to take whatever you can to make up your rosters. Now, you think if you're going to have eight teams, you're going to have a roster of 20 to 22 players on each on each roster. So you've got to find those players right away in that player pool who's willing to get there. And obviously, the ages, they vary. So you have some young ones. You'll have some older players. You need a little bit of experience. And then you need the youth. But what you, when you're going to see it benefit is when you get these young 17, 18-year-olds that are starting to come in and then they're getting first team games. So by the time they're 18, 19, 20, 21, you get four years under the belt. You're getting maybe almost a hundred, hundred professional games. Then that's, those are the players you're going to start moving on and start selling them. And then those are the ones that are going to start getting into the national team. It's not when you start up a league and you get a player that's 26 years old, that just came out of league one. You know, you're not worried about them. It's the next ones that are going to be coming through, the young ones. And if you can have a, an academy, that helps big time. You look at TFC, Montreal, and Vancouver. And then even then, you know, you're, you're not, you think how many players have gone through those academies and have, have actually gone into the first team and made a difference. It's only a handful of players that are going to come out of your academy that are going to mm-hmm. play first team football, that are going to be difference makers, that will eventually get into your national team. What, hey, Dubs, is that think? part of the model? Sorry, sorry, Dubs, is that part of the model with Project 8? It's going to be academies, uh, if not straight away, but very much eventually that's part of the, the blueprint of, of the league. Yeah, and I also think it's it's part of making the league sustainable and, and durable, right? You you look at, obviously, you want the league to thrive and and to do well, but you also want, you know, there's the, the legacy piece that a lot of these players have talked about, like Christine Sinclair and... 
you know, it, the imminent retirement, when is it going to happen? Is she going to stick around until Paris 2024? But like a lot of those players and in, in, in the fight with, with the Federation and, and equal pay, that, that has been what they come back to. And that is what, you know, generations prior, my own generation is, that's why you do it because you want to make it better for the next. And so talking with investors and people who are interested in this league, the Academy is a big part of that. You know, and 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 whether in in the governance that is is mandated as 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 a piece that they have to put in to place, um, I think is probably still up for discussion. I don't I don't know ab- about that. That would be a question to have to ask or to pose to yeah. to Diana because it's a big ask. But but I think that's it's it's something that needs to be put in, into place. If you look at sort of changing um, the, the footy culture in, in this country. And I wanted to ask Jimmy this question, um, right. like my point about plucking the really like the best players out of those youth environments and in the absence of academies in this country for, for young women, how much benefit Jimmy, if you're putting your, your, your manager's hat on right now, is there for you have that best on best environment for those players, but you're expanding it. And then the best players of that environment of their age group get a chance to play against their own age. And then when they're ready, you maybe delay the inclusion to the senior team for a bit and they're not right. immediately promoted. Like, do you think that there's a lot of value there in the development of the player or do you not think it matters if you're, if you're, the player's good enough, you, you, you got to move them on. They got to be in the best environment. The best have to play against the best <laughs> because otherwise, if you have a player that's head and shoulders above the rest and they're 17 years old, what benefit are they getting playing against 17 year olds? They need right. to get into the, that next environment. They need to be training with the first team players. Players are going to make them better because the speed yeah. of play, everything's completely different. Sure. And they've, so got to, they've got to be able to adapt, but you, you don't set them up for failure. It's not like you just put them in and say, okay, now you're going to play 30 games this season. Not like that, but you get them training with the first team. Then you give them maybe a few minutes here and there. Maybe you might get a start, maybe get a handful of games throughout that season because it's, it does take a toll on the body as well, going from that youth level into that uh, professional environment, the toll of training, the demands on the body. It takes a, takes time to adjust for these young players. Right. But so that's like the outliers. And I don't disagree with that. So I'm just saying in the absence of these academy structures for young women in this country, building something like that might might benefit a whole host of, of players who maybe aren't quite the best, but are, you know, you know, maybe um, earmarked or, um, you know, scouted as a player moving up and they have the opportunity to play in an environment where they can really flourish and they can dominate. Do you th- well, are, are you saying are you like when you're saying academy, are you saying have an academy league? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, it's also building that infrastructure as well, where you're building a, a, a circuit where they're they're also playing competitive games because that doesn't exist. There's no there's no tier two. Well, isn't that League One? I I'd say that that's a that's a push. That's a stretch to say that League One in in BC, Ontario, and Quebec are, are tier two. I think we're still missing tier two in this country for women. If Project Eight is projected as that. It is. It will be the, the peak of that pyramid. Yeah. That will but be your tier one. But, I if think- we're gonna, but if we're going to be honest, you're, you're not going to have an academy league just for the women's project date. It's impossible. Financially, it'll cost you a fortune, an absolute fortune. And the amount of money that professional clubs lose in their academy and the costing and funding is ridiculous. And if you saw the numbers, you'd be like, wow. 
So you'd have to do a pay to play if you're going to do academy. But then you've got to think your teams are going to be stretched out across the country. How are these players going to play against each other in academy? It's no, it can't. It can't be pay to play. It can't do that. Like that's like finally in in Quebec, you know, soccer Quebec was in charge of the you know the PEF program or the the. Racks. You know, you're talking about a million million dollars a year or plus more for an academy to run and operate if you're going to pay for it. It's a hell of a lot of money. But the reality right now is that those young women and their families were forced to foot a, a three grand bill, at least three to four grand per year, just, yeah. just to be a part of the program. So it comes under the umbrella of CF Montreal and they're taking away the pay to play. So that's a, that's a very first step. So I'm not saying you're going to be running a cross country league. That's like MLS next MLS next, right? That's what say TFC two play in. Yeah, it will never work. And okay. CF Montreal, their team, their reserve team plays in in League One. So right now, to go back to the academy, what they do is they play against boys teams in the fall, and this is not unlike what Whitecaps do, and then um, organize like events and things here and there in advance of their schedule and their um, their season starting in. So they would have friendlies or be a travel team. So you, you make something that's in between. It's not like you're not creating a whole other league two, but maybe you do create something where the best out of your league ones maybe meet and they play, but not like a, a season, but you, you organize these games and maybe you play the ECNL in, in the, in the U S or these circuits where you have other Academy teams can not, not every NWSL team has an Academy but there are these kind of circuits where the, the best of the clubs play one another. So maybe you organize something like that. You cobble together something that gives them, um, you know, a real test on a regular basis. Cause that's where you so see then, progression when you're actually playing games. So then to, to save money, then why wouldn't you take say U 15 girls and put them in a, a regional U 17 league. They're playing against older players. Well, that's what they're doing already here. The U15s play against, they play in the U21, like AAA circuit right. here in Quebec. Yeah. That's already happening. And the U17 team plays in, in, in PLSQ or League One. And you could have an under-19 team in the League One in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So you're developing players, but you're just being strategic and you're cutting costs because it's – I love it and I think it's great, but I think you, you've got to focus on getting the – getting project date, getting those teams established and then start to figure out how you're going to roll out the Academy. Cause you can't to do them both at the same time. It's going to be an awful lot of work, awful lot of money. But don't you think if you don't do it from the get go, then, then it risks never being done. Well, no, everything takes time. You can't rush everything all at once. You want to make sure that the league's sustainable first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to, build this team and then we're going to have academy and we'll have this and that and everything all at once. You, I think you've got to make sure the league's surviving, the league's healthy. And then after a couple of years, now slowly let's look at the academy. Maybe when we have two teams underneath the first team and we see how that goes and we establish that. Okay, now maybe we're bringing another two teams. And as you grow and the league grows, then you slowly start building. Yeah, I and and I love it. it. I'm all over the I know. I think it's amazing. It's going to happen, but it's going to take. It's it takes an awful lot of time, a lot of a lot of time. Yeah. I this way, that, I mean, you are building from the top, money. right? You're building from the top of the pyramid, and in time, that will finance and fuel the, the base of the pyramid, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but what's missing for the women is is to make it more robust and to make that pathway 
more sustainable. I know we're talking about sustainability in terms of financials, but that's what's missing. That's where the gap is, is that, is that tier two. So how do you get U sports? You know, there was an announcement yesterday, I believe about um, athletes now going to Canadian universities will be able to receive full scholarships. So how can you keep that academic piece? And this is something we else we talked about at the panel for, for young women, like the part of the appeal for the NCAA, the way that that is maybe not the best for your development, but you, you get an opportunity to get a free education like that can't be discounted. But now there's more and more opportunities for the, these young women to go and play pro. But there's a very select few who get to do it if you don't have, you know, a, a passport to go do it. So in going back to Project 8, like that tier two, that's what's missing. So we have to give more opportunities for these young women to play. So you pull from U sports, you establish these academies so that you're, you're making that level you're building it out. And that's, I think, just as important as the peak almost, or it's like 1A and 1B. So I don't, I, I get it, Jimmy, you, make, you made completely valid points and I'm not discounting them. But I think if you're establishing the peak of that pyramid, it's almost equally as important to talk about what's directly beneath that so that that's funneling in to, to the yeah. peak of, of the pyramid, to the pro. Yeah. I think, well, you know, apart from the three MLS teams, because financially they can they can afford to to run and operate their their academies, but with the CPL, you know, you're you're relying on, you know, there is players that play in youth sport, but the only problem is what you play a handful of games, fifteen games, whatever it is for for a season. Yeah, and, and it's, it's such a short, short window. It's, it's yeah. short. So a lot of those players do both, where they play League One and University. Um. And there's, you're starting to see quite a few players that are coming out of League One that are now making that jump into the CPL. And some players from the CPL end up moving on. So that's your your pathway at the moment is that League One into CPL. And then can we move these players onto that to that next level as of right now? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm sure they could they love to have academies. You know, Pacific starting to try to do a, an academy out in out in the West Coast. It seems to be getting there slowly but surely. They're doing a good job, but it's just it takes an awful lot of time. But they don't, they didn't have a, a League One until what was it last year that they started out in BC or the year before. So now they can work together with them. But I don't know. I think you should try to have that that relationship with with League One, and then slowly as it gets going and you start building, then look to have your own academy that you can start to develop players and put into your first team. It's money, right? It all comes down to money. All, as that. All money Whether time. that comes from the, 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 you know, the association, the city. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. PSA or private money, it comes down to money, right? And that links it back to the whole labor issue right now and, and how much money should the players get for playing for their country and getting prize money. There's a lot of money that's available, um, like millions available. But at this point, and part of the problem with the negotiations is the players want X percentage, which could be spent elsewhere, potentially. It's a messy, messy situation. Um, but I guess looking at, you know, the recency bias press, but you see almost 30,000 fans out for a women's game at BMO Field this week. That's incredible. That really just shows you that there's something out there. There's an appetite. There's a hunger for it, for sure. Um, no. I'd like to. I, I was going to interrupt you there, Sharms, just because I just saw Sportsnet put out the the number on their Twitter and said, obviously, biggest attendance ever at BMO for a national match. But it was funny because our friend Arash Madani. <laughs> Jesus, Poor Arash, Arash, he's getting hammered for this. <laughs> yes, but we have to talk about it a little bit. And uh, so Arash put out, uh, hey, you know, this doesn't look sold out to me about at uh, just at kickoff. And it was funny because then you hear 15 minutes later, it's sold out. The crowd is there. And there were issues once again with security, holding people back. The stadium was packed. You could tell it was packed. You guys were there. You can, you know, eyeball it. It was, it was jammed, but it didn't, it didn't uh, fare well. And a lot of people threw back at Arash going, you know, he, cause he kind of bashed the CSA, not kind of, he bashed the CSA and said, once again, let down by our Federation. Are we too hard on the CSA? Is everything they get fair, fair game because their legacy so far has been failure or at least semi-failure? I I think I, I don't, I think, you know, he's made a massive mistake making those comments. Right, it looks he looks ridiculous now. For yeah, I think I, I agree. I it, think he should have backed down and and, and right. fixed it. For, yep. for that match, and we, I think we have to be honest and hold your hand up. I thought the CSA did a hell of a job. <laughs> I thought the 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 match was brilliant. The the fans were incredible. You know, and even when you're walking around the stadium, I think you saw the amount of people that that were there from the CSA helping out to make sure that this event was was top drawer, and it was top drawer. So those stupid comments, you look like a fool because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, listen. Um, Arash and he's a lovely fellow. Around, around the worst of Canada soccer, okay, for a long, long time, for years. Mm. And in the early going, it did look, wow, where are all the fans, right? And he jumped the gun. There's no doubt about it. Um, and he didn't but, back down was the other thing. He fully, he fully <laughs> just doubled down, doubled down, tripled down. Listen, yeah, but, but, mainstream but, media, you won't find too many people in mainstream media, though, who will back and support Canada soccer more than Arash. He's been there in the trenches for a long time, right? And he's seen the ugly side of it. And it's going to take some time for Canada soccer to um, polish the reputation in Arash's eyes. Okay. Um, but yeah, he jumped the gun. And- he jumped the gun big time. And the thing is, too, if you are a football fan, which means you, you've probably been to TFC games. You know at a 7 o'clock kickoff during midweek, it is a disaster to get into that stadium. And even TFC games, even when they were doing well and they were selling out, 
probably for that first 20 minutes or so in the match, people are still coming into the stadium because it's a nightmare to get to at that time. There were still so people that hammering Rash like halfway through the second half and post-match when he should be happy and, well, this is a great success. It's wonderful, brilliant. Yeah, and they're, they're dwelling on a fucking tweet. Yeah, but he was, he, on, was, he was trying to stir them up. He was trying to incite them. He knew what he was doing. It worked. <laughs> yeah, well. We'll get a rash on. You know what? We'll get a rash on to explain himself. <laughs> yeah. And then you can tell, they can tell us about the NHL and how well it's doing. But when you turn every game on down in the States, every stadium looks empty. They don't talk about that, do they? Hey, wait. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy. It's Craig's job to, to make this an NHL issue, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rogers. Sorry, Sharms. I wanted to talk one more. I know if, uh, Amy uh, briefly spoke about this, but this U Sports thing, mm-hmm. you played, it, you, you went to McGill for a year, and then yep. you went to Nebraska <laughs> on scholarship. <laughs> Would you really double down on the education piece? (laughs) Well, no, because you you get your cake and eat it too. It's special. If you're a player who's not top tier, but want to keep improving, Mm -hmm. there's an opportunity for project eight CPL to tap into this U sports opportunity that they're investing in and give professionalism almost to the, to the college games in Canada, which, was sorely missed when I played, obviously sorely missed when you played. Would you have changed your mind? Would there have been, um, you know, a options for you out of Sejep to say, hey, I'm going to go play anywhere in Canada or the States, you know, that kind of thing, because they offered full scholarship? Yeah, well, at the time, because the – the landscape for the women's game was, was much different. And it was CIAU back in the day. And um, I went to, <laughs> to the tryouts for McGill and Sylvia Bellivo was a coach and at McGill, she'd been there for a couple of years. She coached Canada in 95 at, at the Canadian women's first appearance at, at a women's world cup. Um, and so I knew Sylvie. And uh, so I was coming to McGill and I had an offer to go to Nebraska after doing really well at a U20 camp in August. But I was like, no, I'm all set. I'm going to McGill. And uh, I showed up. And uh, first of all, I wasn't, I didn't even know that there was a practice that day. I didn't have my kit with me. I actually watched the first practice, like, but I just wanted to make sure I was there. And um, so that would never happen now, right? And uh, there were maybe 30 people who went to this kind of quasi-open tryout. And out of those 30 people, I think five had never played competitively before. Right. But that's so, going to change. And that's my point. It would give so many opportunities to, to players now and who, who have said, hey, I'm going to make the NCAA my development route. Right. Now this changes it. Yeah, 100%. So, like, my, my point was at that point, I knew that I'd made a grave error in coming to the yeah. It was the best year. Um, but my, like what was really critical for me was that step and that leap that I took to go to Nebraska, because at the time that was, um, you know, that was my 
connecting piece to the national team. That was the development route that I needed because there was nothing like it in Canada. And now I think the U sports and depending where you go in, in the U S I have lots of young girls here asking me, you know, I've got an offer to go to a D one school, but there's so many D one schools just because you have a full ride doesn't mean it's the best option for you in terms of your development. Um, so I think U sports now is caught up and I think it's a, it's huge now that they're offering these these young women and young men um you know full rides and a chance to have their education paid for and you get really good a really great soccer environment to continue to to kind of ply your trade and and compete and hopefully improve and like jimmy was saying it it could be an opportunity to play in our domestic league right and so hopefully soon that's the same idea or that's the same pathway that's laid plain for our young women but it's very different, right, for men and women in college sports. It makes a lot more sense for women right now because the money isn't in the professional game like it is for the men at this point. Whereas fewer and fewer men graduate from college and, and become legitimate professional footballers. Fewer and fewer, it seems. I mean, there's a lot of people every year the draft, the MLS draft, every year there's, there's columns, there's inches written about what is the future of this thing, you know? At what point do we say, you know, it just isn't worth it? You know, at the same time, Jimmy, you need to be, if you're a coach of a kid who's 16, 17 years old, you've got to be very honest with that kid too, um, as far as their future is concerned. Some kids are way better off going overseas or going straight to MLS if it's possible, um, rather than going the school route. Other kids who who probably aren't going to make it professionally, take the scholarship, right? Obviously, play play at that level but you've got to have a good coach at that age group to, to be honest with the players surely oh yeah you have to exactly you got always always got to be honest with the players right and at the end of the day you know you, you're not doing you're not doing it for the coach you're doing it for yourself and as a young player that's 16 17 you do what's right for you and nobody else because at the end of the day nobody's going to care what you do it's it's all about what you want in your life. If you want to go to university, go to university, get an education. You want to try to be a footballer, then work your ass off and try to be a footballer. You do what's best for yourself, not anybody else. That's what I would tell kids. And I still, I used to tell the young guys all the time, all the time. It's up to you. It's your life. You decide what you want to do. But Jimmy, at 16, 17, at 16, 17, a kid probably thinks I can be the next uh, Ronaldo. And as a coach, you're saying, sorry, that's, that's not going to happen. But, how do you and enjoying it. it? Jimmy enjoys it. You're going nowhere. <laughs> crushing dreams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jimmy well, loves you, crushing dreams. You know, when they're 17, 18, you've you got to be honest with them. But are they open to that? Are they receptive to it? Or are they like, well, what do you know? I'll prove you wrong. Well, then you hope they do prove, prove you wrong. But, okay. you know, if, if they've got talent and they're good, good players, and obviously you're taking them and they're going to be training with the first team, some players take a little bit longer to develop. You know, there is the odd case where, you know, kids a couple of years old takes them a little bit longer. They're 19, 20 before they're making their, their professional debut. Everybody develops differently, but you've got to be able to see if the kid's got something. The biggest one is the, if they've got the heart and desire and passion to do it. Because there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes that's running by yourself, training by yourself, you know. I often think about um, these moments, right? I think about TFC in that first couple of years. I think it was Gabe Gala. Didn't he score against Real Madrid? Yes, he did. He did, right? So, so yeah. Gabe never, you know, made it a, a long career in professional football. You know, I don't know what he's doing now, but he has that. He scored against Real Madrid at BMO Field. Yeah, I mean, what a what a story to tell his kids, right, and his grandkids. 
And, and that you have those moments, those stories, which is so worthwhile. It's the fairy tale, right? It you were, is. were you in the pitch then, Jimmy? Were you there? Yeah, I was playing. Yeah, of course you were. Yeah, you were Mark and Ronaldo, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but do you, do you remember that? No, that, do you remember he, that game? He, he was drifting on the right. I remember uh, Chris Cummins. He was in the uh, in the dressing room, and he's putting up the the lineup. And he's like, "Here we go!" And you, the the lineup was ridiculous for Real Madrid, right? And I'm just sitting there, and he's having a little chat. Okay, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I was like. Gaff, Gaffer, I got a question. He goes, yeah. I said, do you want me to show Ronaldo inside or outside? <laughs> what was the response? Oh, he just looked at me, shook his head. Just goes, do whatever you fucking can with that guy. <laughs> and that was peak Ronaldo as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just so good. Do you remember uh, Gabe Gallo's response to that goal? Do you remember what? Uh, I mean, in the room, it must be pretty, pretty great. No, he was ex- he was ecstatic. What a moment that was for him! It's brilliant. So there's this moments, right? So you may not make it as a professional and make millions of dollars, right? But if you can use the the sport for a vehicle for education or those types of moments, I mean, fantastic, right? They're the great stories. That yes. night, he got lucky with a mascot. I hear Gabe <laughs> <Jade> did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're right, Charles, because it's. There's a, there's a very, very, very small percentage, like 0.01, that are going to be professional footballer. So all these young kids that are playing sport right now, there's two big things. One, hopefully, maybe you do get a scholarship, you know, and that helps your education. And number two, which I say to a lot of, lot of parents, especially with these young age groups, is you're putting these kids to play and you're putting them in the competitive side because you want them to love the game. You want them when they're in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, still hanging out with their friends, having a beer, playing the sport that they love. That's the biggest reason why they're playing. It keeps them active and they're playing something that they enjoy. And it's the whole social aspect of, well, making new friends, playing the game, hanging out after, going for a bite to eat. That's why you're, you're playing the game. You know, all these parents think, oh, they're going to go pro. Look, stop. It doesn't matter where that player is. The cream always rises to the top. The top players have their own pathway already set. And the other ones... Look, if you can get a scholarship, fantastic. But if not, let them let them love the game. Don't push them too hard and let them enjoy just playing and socializing with their friends. Yeah, well I, said, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's super important. I think that should be emphasized. And it's sometimes I think the parents and the coaches that that lose that, not not the kid. Um, but for for young women, like to go back to to BMO field and, and that sellout and how many club teams, young girls were there to, to watch that in person, I think has a massive impact. And, um, and the same way that project eight will have that same impact. So like you can actually see it. Right. And then Rian talked about this in a broadcast, like it's, it's an old trope and it's, it's kind of cheesy, but if, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And so to have that professional component in Canada is, is it's, it's been a long time coming and it's finally here and, and offering these young women uh, and young girls a chance to see their heroes play at home. I mean, they're, they're never going to forget that on the buzz in that stadium, like that it was palpable. It was electric and, and yeah. it's just been too, 
too few and far between those, those opportunities. And so that we have to keep going, we have to keep pushing. And um, so finally, you know, and young boys too, to be able to see women toil and play and be physical and fucking swear and, and all of the aspects, positive and negative, but to see women be professional athletes is hugely important for this next generation. So swearing is a big part of being a professional is what you're saying. Fucking right, Charm. Had a girl. Had a girl. Had a girl. You know, the best uh, podcast are when we don't touch any of the actual notes that you make before, and that's what we've done today, which is good. We did mention Canada, Jamaica, obviously. Um, my other notes were crossbar challenge, Mudrick Poch uses it for confidence. Uh, Klopp used to wear a suit. Carabao Cup. Sex and sport. Uh, Houston beat Miami in Cup. Sons Messi. I have porn bots on my list here. And also JC, a non-smoker for 1,000 days. Congratulations, oh. JC. That's way well more done. important than sex bots and porn bots and crossbar challenges. We had a lot to do with it. I... I, uh, I... I credit my success to porn bots and sex bots. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. That's Sp- what it is. Specifically porn bots. If anyone wants to be a uh, non-smoker, porn bots all the mm. way. Brought to you by mo- porn bots. He's got, mm. a hand, he's got an arm like Popeye right now. <laughs> <laughs> is a porn is, bot. Is, is, wait, what is a porn bot? Is it, well, is on it Twitter, online no, since only? Elon, or since they... Elon bought Twitter, I've got all these new followers and they're all like mm. just these these beautiful girls called Stephanie34654321. Mm. And, uh, and she has no followers, but she wants to be my friend. Mm. So thanks, Elon. I'm sure That's they're it. real. I'm sure they're it's real. It's your sexy James Sherman profile pic. That's, it's a picture, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I should put a fat James Sherman up there and see what happens. <laughs> You'd get more. <laughs> Maybe. This That's our promo awesome. photo soon. Your fat face. <laughs> um, let's get to some footy pics, shall we? Ready? Sound good? Oh, yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> All right. It is Footy Picks brought to you by TonyBet.ca. Um, our uh, supporters group have already uh, given us their bet. I've put it in. Uh, they have picked Barcelona to beat Sevilla, mm-hmm. Arsenal to beat Bournemouth, and Ooh. Portland to beat the Galaxy. All that comes in at plus 616. That's $5. We'll win you 35 dollars and 80 cents that's a nice one they were of course they saved us last week did the supporters club which is why we're uh, we're rocking and rolling at 517 dollars so we're 17 dollars up from our initial bounty as craig's casket gets closer and closer and as, as craig hasn't shown up on the podcast today we, we might be needing it sooner than later mm-hmm. although we got a text from <laughs> him right did we, did we get a text uh, I, I, I don't have my phone. With yes. Oh, oh. This is <laughs> on the dark web. This is from Craig. Uh, this is like well, actually half an hour ago. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. My internet is poo. I don't move to my sister's house until the afternoon. Upside down emoji face. <laughs> That's quickly becoming um, his favorite emoticon. It's usually the glasses one. This is what he signs every single message with. And now he's throwing in the upside down face. He actually uses five O's in poo. 
Mm. So mm. it was really bad, apparently. Really bad. Right. So um, did he, did, I, I'm assuming Craig wouldn't have given us his pick, right, Wunger? No, he did not. I'm guessing it's whoever Luton's playing. Yeah. You want to do that? Whoever's for, for Craig for the players? <laughs> well, listen, let's start with the players. Uh, Dubs, uh, let's start with you. Where, where do you want to go? Well, the Women's Super League is starting this Sunday. So I wanted okay. to go there. And okay, I was. Research for this now. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, you know what, Tony Bat? Get with it here. Oh, I'm sure it's there. I'm sure it's there. I just got to find it. Yeah, why don't you bash our sponsor? I'm not bashing. (laughs) I'm challenging them to be better at putting women's sporting leagues at the forefront. Uh, I'm sure it's there somewhere. I just got to find it. That's all. Dubs. I don't know if it is. They they were going back and forth with uh, our footy prime supporters clubs about Mm -hmm. getting it up. So I'm not sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're back to porn bots. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Dubs, we're going to work on that for you, okay? But perhaps for this week, you can maybe go a different direction. Because <laughs> we have to make a bet. Right. Usually, well, you know, Tony Bet and a few in the past have been great. You ask for something, right. they'll come through for you. Oh. So I'm sure they will. Jimmy, so, um, go, go in her stead until she's ready. Okay. I'm going to take uh, Vancouver to beat DC at home. Ooh. Vancouver to be to be oh DC BC okay one second let me find this for you here we go MLS all right Vancouver coming off for bat to bat losses uh, they got a no, point. They, had a, they drew they drew with Colorado and then they oh, lost that's right they drew like in Houston that's right. before that okay so, so the last, last win was against can you guess TFC TFC yeah. Yeah. 17 to nil, I think, right? I think every every team in, in the league, you can probably use that stat. Um, okay, so we have uh, Vancouver beating DC. Vancouver's paying minus 125, by the way, for that. Okay, Dubs, are you ready? Oh, Christ. I or think so. Or should we so. make a, a, a bet in, in Craig's steed in the meantime? Yeah, well, I was... Everton I was... to beat Luton. Yeah, Everton beat Luton? Okay, we'll do that for Craig. Okay, because I was going to do another shout out for Forrest. I was going to say West Ham over Sheffield, but I don't mm. think I'm going to do that. I think oh, I'm going to do Everton. No, I thought that looked good. Yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Look, I, it's not my pick, but I. It was one of the one. It was my top one of my top threes. So Craig took Everton though, over Luton. Okay, like another favorite. So we've got two favorites we picked so far. So the, the odds aren't fantastic, but they're okay. We'll be conservative here. So Dubs. Okay. Are you going off the board here or going to be concerned? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet heavy on Forrest Hammer. I'm going to go West Ham over Forrest Sheffield. Forrest Hammer? Yeah. You're gonna the play, Hammers. You're going to heavy on Forrest's Hammer? Yes, that's what I said. I'm going to lean really hard on Forrest Hammer. Uh, I think you're going to be disappointed, Dubs. <laughs> I'm really on the ball in my betting this week. Uh, one ball. Um, Forrest aren't playing... Hammers this weekend. Oh, they're not? No, no. Well, they're no. playing Sheffield United. West Ham, oh, I didn't, say, West anything. I didn't say anything about Forrest. Oh, no, I said Craig Forrest. Craig Forrest. Craig Forrest. Craig Forrest. You go Forrest. West Ham. Okay. Double Craig R Forrest, not Jimmy's Forrest. Okay. My Forrest got Brentford on Sunday. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you have Vancouver. Shorn. <clears throat> the players have Vancouver, Everton, and West Ham. That parlayed will pay you plus 318. So a five dollar bet will get you twenty dollars. Ooh, okay. I like it. I like that one too. Actually, it's decent. Okay. And the bet is made. All right. Nice. Next up, 
Wunger. Well, usually, I, you know, I like to dabble in the CPL. I like to sprinkle in the CPL, but it's the last no, week, so everything sprinkle. You dabble uh, and forge exclusively. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> but what's funny is it's the last week, and I don't like betting on last weeks of seasons because anything can happen. So Not the last week. Oh, it's the second last week. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> York, are you calling York Atletico, Jimmy? Yes. Because that's the fifth place match, right? That's for a big the one. ranking. That's a yeah. huge match. Okay. Little promo for one soccer and CPL right there too. So York, um, Atletico. Uh, just so you know, York's are paying plus one thirty nine, and Atletico's at plus one seventy. So York, the the, the favorites at home. Mm. Just. Okay, there's some look. I'm going to make this easy for us. I'm going to go uh, city over wolves just to have. Let's get something going. Okay. Premier League. One second. Oh, today is and National City. Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wearing an orange shirt and everything. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Man City over Wolves. Okay, minus three, two. Okay, so we've got to step it up here, uh, JC, because they ain't going to pay very much. All right, JC, where are you going? I'm going down to the championship in honor of our friend Gregory Forrest, but also their amazing performance against uh, Wolves, I think it was. Uh, yep. In the Carabao. Yeah, that was yep. awesome. That was a great game. I'm going Ipswich over Huddersfield uh, to win. Okay. Again, they are favorites, but minus 106. So get a little bit of value there. Is your dog um, a mullet? Yeah, my dog does. I'm going to stay in the Prem. <laughs> and we need to jack up these. So Villa's playing Brighton. That's a really great game mm-hmm. at Villa Park. Brighton coming off a loss, of course. Uh, the draw is plus 289, as draws tend to be. I'm, I'm going to take the draw in this one. I love Brighton. We, we know how good they are. But I also think Villa is... is uh, Lurking in the weeds to being a European contender for sure. So I'm going to go for the draw in that one. Always a bit the of a problem, gamble, so to speak. I, I'm happy for you to do that, Sharms. Like I, I can't say anything, but I'm, I'm. But if we lose that match, we're it's out me. the entire weekend right away, aren't we? It's the earliest match. Oh, it, oh, it is. That's right. Yeah. It is. It's like <laughs> if we lose that, it's not a draw. We're done. We don't we can't even watch the rest. But of often the, matches. the early games are kind of boring, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to place that bet. Eight plus 896. That can win us 50 bucks, by the way, if we get this parlay. Man City, Ipswich, and the draw. This is coming from a guy who cashed out for like 36 cents last week. 82. 82, was it? 82 cents. 82 cents. Give your head a shake, James Sharman. What are you doing? No, no, because Jimmy, you tell me, Jimmy, and you do, Dubs, the the early kickoff, right? Yeah. It's a different mindset, right? It's, It's not the same. Did you enjoy the early kickoff? Early kickoffs fucking sucked. See? What's early? What's an early kickoff? I don't tell me the timing. Well, it's twelve thirty. Like Anything around lunchtime. Brutal. Yeah. Mm. As opposed to the three o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Did you like it or did you hate it, Jimmy? The early kickoff. No, I didn't mind it. I preferred earlier. Is that because you could get out on the piss late, earlier? No. One three <laughs> o'clock because I, I hated I hated sitting around all day for a seven o'clock kickoff. I hated it. Mm. It would drive me nuts just sitting there all day and I didn't know what to do with myself. But the early kickoffs I love because I wake up, bite to eat, ready to go. You were that guy, that that roommate that just couldn't stay still, right? Yeah. So your you roommate would just be driving you crazy. If, uh, if it was a late kickoff, yeah, I'd have a nap. 
Mm, I'd, I'd, have lunch, I'd have a lunch and then go for a nice kip. Yeah, there's so no, no way Dubs could nap. No, just couldn't do it. Did the crossword or red. Mm. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> I totally. Nerd you alert. Stupid brain. Can't believe she go didn't know the word braggadocious. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that Dubs used to bring a book on the I road. I wish I could have napped. <laughs> One of you book learning people, aren't you? <laughs> Loser. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All those games you can catch, by the way, CPL, Premier League, and more on Fubo TV. Still subscribe and save FuboTV.com slash footy prime. And of course, sprinkle your money at tonybet.ca. All right. Um, good good pod. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate this. Uh, we're back on Sunday night before JC's got something to say. Just want to throw something out there to our amazing fans in Greece who all at the beginning of this week had us at number six of all soccer podcasts. So thanks to all our friends in Greece. And now it was four days in a row we were number six and then we dropped down to 15 and now we're at 22. We can get those numbers back up. Come on, Greek fans. Let's go. Get in there. Let's go. Sabaki. Let's go. So why? <laughs> what were you talking about? Know. I don't know, but we went from uh, we went from eighty seven to six oh. in one show. Oh, hey. mm. so yeah. what happened there? I don't know, but like, hey, let's give a, a shout out to maybe we should next next week. I'm gonna put in, in our uh, Tony Betts. Maybe we'll put a little uh, little Greek football in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Some Olympiakos yeah. against Olympiakos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pauli zesty. Get a little hot in there. Sounds like You're a bit soul. zesty. Pauli zesty. Means it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Keep buying newspapers. Oh, yeah, keep buying newspapers. Cheers for listening. Cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. Have a nice show. So great. We're back on Monday on One Soccer, by the way, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern once again. Bring your hands where I can see them. Why are you whispering? I don't know. I can't whisper without using my fingers. I'll try. Keep on your underground. Oh, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.